Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. When I ask people how they got into the wine business, their answers are typically about family links to the business or a passion for wine. Claudio Naranjo, general manager of Los Vascos, comes to wine through the world of finance. But don't let that fool you. He's just as passionate and knowledgeable about wine as practically anyone I've met. I sat down and talked with Claudio about wines from Chile, what it's like to work with Lafitte Spirit, and of course to taste some delicious wines. This episode of The Honest Pour is sponsored in part by Fooditor.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Fooditor.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Lennart. Joining me today is Claudio Naranjo, the general manager of Los Vascos in Chile. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Before we start talking about Los Vascos, I always like to find out how my guests got into the wine world. What, how did you get into the wine world? How did I get into the wine world was a very weird situation. I, I have a financial background. I'm, as a profession, I'm a CPA. I was working for a firm, PricewaterhouseCoopers, today yeah. in Santiago. So I went to high school in the States. So I graduated from high school here in the States, Jacksonville, Florida. So 30 years ago, there was not many people speaking good English. So when I started working for Pricewaterhouse, they put me on all these international companies' audits and financial statement things. So I was reading the manuals in English, writing in English, reading in English, speaking in English. So I was the English guy. (laughs) I didn't know that the Rothschilds were investing in Chile and was Pricewaterhouse who made the uh, valuation of the company uh, to see the assets and how much they pay for with the Chilean family. I didn't know. So when the deal was over, uh, they asked to the people of Pricewater, don't you have, you know, someone speaking English, good English, can manage this project? And they did a sort of headhunting with me. I said, Claudio, you go to an interview with the Rothschilds. I said, who are the Rothschilds? That time, no internet, no cell phone, sure, nothing. sure. Reading it, you know, the library, Rothschilds, big family, what is this? Anyways, so I went to this interview. I was uh, almost a uh, manager level in Price, what I had been for seven years. So my situation was to continue as a manager in Pricewaterhouse or move out for this company, a winery. What do you know about wines? Nothing. I mean, there is red and white. <laughs> I know my dad drinks wine, but no interest. So I went through all these interviews, and here I am for almost 30 years. Uh, companies having 30 years this year, I'm becoming 29 working for the family and for, for, for Los Vascos. It's an interesting path that you took because so many people either grew up around wine that are in the wine business today or had a passion for it. Yeah. You came at it from a I, business I, I angle. Came, you know, I came from a business side, and it's very interesting because I started learning about the winery and the business by the numbers. So I receive an invoice of wire. Why do we need wire? We don't have too much money. I mean, you, we don't need fences. I talked to the agricultural manager. I said, hey, sorry, this is not for fences. It's for the vineyard. What do you mean for the vineyard? The vineyard has three wires. Sure. Really. And he explained me everything about wires. So I started learning from the invoices on doing the accounts and the financial thing what it was about. So I learned the pruning and the sulfur, why, when, Start, you know, by being there, it was a very little operation. And so I learned from scratch. I didn't know nothing. In between, uh, when I just started, I was sent to France 
for about a month to visit the Chateau, the Premier Cru Glacé. I didn't know what it was. I went to Chateau Lafitte. Okay, good. Nice <laughs> house. French Chateau, yeah. And I had a dinner with Baron Eric de Rothschild and uh, Gilles Verhoeven, the technical director at the time. So we had dinner. I said, so Claudio, what year you were born? I said, why? Because I was born in 1961. Really? Show me your passports. What are you talking about? I show my passport. Okay, we have to uncork Lafitte, 1961, <laughs> which is one of the greatest ventures. Sure. So, oh, that's an honor. But I really didn't realize what it was at that moment, you know, after I know and appreciate it, you know. Then they sent me to this big show. Oh, we are going to see a sh few chateaus in, in Bordeaux. Chateau Margaux. We go in the blue station Volvo with the golden arrows, five arrows of the Rothschilds. Nice castle. Oh, we are going to Chateau Latour. Okay, nice. I didn't know what I was into. <laughs> you they, no then idea. I, they explained me, you know, and then I started getting the feeling from the very top in the world of wines and then go back to Chile in the middle of the farm. Nothing around. There was nothing. Sure. A small winery, a little plantation. And, you know, here's what you have to do. is go away uh, in the countryside and learn, uh, work with the people, learn about the business and do a good wine. So you've literally been with Los Vascos from the Since very inception the very, yes, of it. Yes, yes. Los Vascos means the Basque uh, because most of the Chilean wineries, the owners are Basque origin. You know, because Chile was colonized by Spanish. Yep. And then in the, uh, the, the era of uh, Chile's main income was uh, nitrate. So many Basque families own nitrate mines and they were very rich. You see many big houses still in Santiago built with French architects, French parks, with people with a lot of money. So since they had money, they want to have vineyards. So they brought vineyards from France sure. and they brought winemakers from France as well. So there are many descendants, French descendants in Chile, you know, a few that came in that area. So uh, this family that owned Los Vascos, because Los Vascos existed before the Rothschild arrived, is called Los Vascos because, not only because of the origin of the last name, but because the Basque people has a, a characteristic, they're stubborn. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And they said, you're crazy, are you going to wines? And they succeeded. They went to, to UK, they came to the States, they went to Canada, showing the wines. Say so you're crazy, but finally they they success succeed really to get into the into the wine, and they named Los Vascos after this uh, this hard work. When people think of Chilean wines, yes, they think of wines that offer value that maybe are inexpensive, but then you hear that name, Lafitte Rothschild. Yeah, and you think expensive, very expensive. Where does Los Vascos fall in there? First, we are Chile. Okay, so our wines are on the on the wine store on the Chilean shell. We're not in France. We're in Chile. So we're competitors to other Chileans. We have the spirit of Lafitte. What does that mean? The spirit means the hard work, the quality, to be humble and to be secure, make secure people that we are have high quality, starting from the grapes to the, to the bottle. So what we offer is quality and consistency in wines 
you're sure you will have always a good quality. It's, you cannot risk to have a product on the market. The most loyal consumer is a wine consumer. If you have a problem with a bottle, you might never come back to drink that wine again. So we, the producers, are responsible to offer top quality. That's a secret. And to be consistent and have a drinkable, approachable, and easy wine to understand and to enjoy. Not sophisticated, all oh, this, you know, smooth, rounded wine. It's what you feel. You have to learn, you have to taste it, and we offer that. We offer passion in what we do. What makes us different with other wines is because we do it with love. We have a consolidated team. We've been working together for a long time together. The winemaker, the vineyard manager. Vineyard manager has been uh, 25 years working with me. So he and really the, knows 20 the years, land. the winemaker and the finance manager has been working for another 20 years. So we have a consolidated team. And we're there because we believe in the project because we believe what we're doing, and we have visitors to show the property, which is a beautiful property, is to show, not the wines, the wines are there. We are not, you know, selling, oh, buy this wine, no. Look at the property, have nice food, have a good time, laugh and enjoy. That's wine about, you know, and that's why we try to transmit the people. We're not selling wine. And I was telling you before, I think, to, to sell wine is not the right way. We have to seduce people what we're doing and our product come by itself because the wine sells by itself when you grab a bottle and you have a friend and you start drinking and then you might drink the bottle the next day you say wow we drank the bottle it was pretty good what is it oh this was i might get it again is the wine speaking by itself nobody's telling you to buy it or this wine is so so that's a little bit uh what we do. Yeah, you want to know the best wine at the end of the party, look around and look for the empty bottle. <laughs> exactly. That was the best wine. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about Los Roscos. Talk, talk to me about the vineyards, mm -hmm. where they are, the elevation, okay. what kind of land okay. is it in, what okay. kind of fruit is it producing? Okay, Chile is a very long and narrow country, and we're in the middle uh, of, of uh, central Chile. And it's very narrow because we have about 350 kilometers between the Man Andes Mountains and the sea. It's very similar to the geography in California, where they have the Pacific Ocean, they have a change of hills, and then the Central Valley, and then have higher hills. We have the Andes Mountains that provokes a big effect climatically uh, because of the sea. It's very cold because we have the Humboldt Current coming from Antarctica that is going all the way along the coast of Chile. It's 4,000 kilometers long, wow. Chile. So about 3,000 kilometers is... It's very cold. When I was little, I go to the beach, you know, and walk to my knees and d -d 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 wait 15 <laughs> minutes, another bit to your waist, d -d 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 -d, and then start swimming. I wouldn't do it now because it's too cold. Too cold. But anyways, this cold weather and cold water really gives a cold influence into the hot valleys. And we are located 200 kilometers south of Santiago towards the coast. We are 40 kilometers straight line to the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Um, it's one part of the property is flat, and then we have hills where we have plantations, and we have a microclimate because it gets very hot. But every day we have this breeze coming from the ocean. This might sound like a story, oh, the breeze coming from the ocean. It's so true that the, the winery, we have some metal, you know, infrastructure. We have to paint it every other year because of the salty of the sea. You see the, the it gets rusty. Mm -hmm. 
that's the influence we have. So the plants, you get really the, the, the influence. So when it's too high temperature, you need to produce fine wines, fine grapes. You need to have winter and summer. And during the summer, you need to have a difference. And we have 18, 20 Celsius degrees difference between day and wow. night. Wow. So we might have 32, 33 degrees during the day. And at night, we might have 10, 12, 15 degrees. So you have this impact in the grapes to have good quality. And when the Rocha is invested in Chile 30 years ago, it was the most uh, towards the coast winery existed in Chile. Now there are many plantations even very near to the coast. But when they arrived, it was the only plantation that was so close to the ocean. Mm. So since the beginning, we have had this uh, geographical and climatic influence. And of course, different soils we have discovered which is better for which type of varieties of wines. Sure, 30 years to discover. Yes, to discover. Uh, it's trial and error, but also we have had uh, uh, technicians from France coming, experts in soils, to see which type of soils or for which type of variety of grapes is good to grow there, especially on the, on the slopes. What kind of grapes are you growing? Mainly Cabernet Sauvignon, and then we have uh, Carmenere, and then Syrah, and we have a little of uh, many other varieties like little Merlot, little Tempranillo, little Mouvetre. And also we have some Chardonnay. Okay. Uh, Chardonnay on warm areas gives different flavors. So we buy some grapes in a cooler area and we blend it with our Chardonnay. Cooler areas, Chardonnay gives more tropical fruit mm-hmm. filling. More warm areas gives more buttery, more greasy so we blend this, and we have a very special Chardonnay because of that. No oak, and very fresh at the same time. So we've been discovering and, and seeing uh, what the soils are offering as grapes and high quality. That's what we're after, you know. What's, what's the total size of the property under, under vine, okay, and how property, much are they total, total property is about 4,000 hectares. And 700 hectares under vines. 700? Yes. Okay, fair amount. Everything is uh, under dripping irrigation, which so you control the irrigation by computer. Uh, putting like this very hot summer, we have to irrigate certain areas like 30 millimeters every two days oh, wow. on certain plots, some more, some less. So when you have, you are efficient in using water, but also you're efficient in giving the right water where it's needed. You know, and it's very important for the size of the vineyards. For the, you see on the canopy of the vineyards, you see uh, how even they are, because they get they receive the same amount of water. But also, you have to keep that the the the, the plant that not get lousy. You know, if it gets too hot, it's too late then to recover. So you put water; it's always fresh, 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 and we keep it until the harvest. That this year, I think, because of the. Warm weather is going to be like two weeks in advance than normal years. Sure. Oh, so you had a warm year this year? Yeah. Very warm. At Los Vascos, we do our classic basic Cabernet Sauvignon with 10 tons per hectare. Okay. And that means the yields, you can produce 30 tons per sure, hectare if in you Cabernet really want Sauvignon. To, yeah. We use 10. For Grand Reserve, we only get seven or eight tons. And for Ladies, which is the top wine, we have 80 years old vines. That oh, 80 year old vines? 80, old, 80 years old and gives four tons per hectare. Wow. That's the quality. You cannot invent that. You have to have the old vines 
and you have to taste. We have the Ludis 18 months in, in New Oak, and to have a wine in New Oak, it has to have this, this structure mm -hmm. and the, the power to resist that. Otherwise, it's a story. Right, just wood. So that's what we do. I mean, we do it the right way. But, but more than that, what I, want, I was trying to say, what I was saying before, we seduce with our quality and our uh, consistency on the vintages and the style. This style of wine, you might say, if you do it blind, sometimes that's a little Bordeaux style. It might, I don't know. Hmm. But it's, uh, it's from Chile and it's done with love. Should we take some wine? Of course. So what's the first wine we have? Sauvignon Blanc. This Sauvignon Blanc is produced in the Casa Blanca Valley. It's not, it's not in Colchagua. We have Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it's very warm to have Sauvignon Blanc. So we have a, a long-term contract of buying grapes from, so, from Casa okay. Blanca. Because Chile is known for red wines, but should be known by white wines because of the long coast. When you go to Chile, you see so many fish seafood restaurants. Yeah, right. And you need a white wine. That's why we're, oh. we promote the white wines because we think it's important. And we are in the top restaurants in Santiago that are serving uh, seafood with the Sauvignon Blanc. And you're serving, and this is all purchased fruit then? Yes, but we manage everything. Sure. Actually, we, we grafted the vineyards because we use Clone 367. It's a plant from Sancerre in France that okay. gives the typicity of Sauvignon Blanc. Is Sauvignon Blanc can be Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignonais, Sauvignon Vert, Sauvignon, Semillon. Right, right. We do Sauvignon Blanc 367. And this is 100% Sauvignon Blanc? It's 100% Sauvignon Blanc and it's 100% Sancerre style. And you were telling me before we started the show that you have a story about each of the wines. Yes. What's your story about this wine? <laughs> well, as I was telling you about the ocean... We have uh, where we buy the grapes is very close also to the to the ocean, and we believe that the freshness of the mist of the ocean, you know, goes into the vines and gives a little salinity, a little salty touch, and you you find this wine a little bit uh, sparkling, you know, that you you connect to the ocean, you connect to the influence that you have. The ocean really has on the vines, so this is. One of the stories we thought that it could be interesting to associate white wine, the ocean, the sea, seafood, and make it fresh by image, you know? Well, and the, and the nose is certainly fresh. And it's a lot of times when you say, I get passion fruit and Sauvignon Blanc, it's like this overt, mm. over the top, yeah. too lush, too big. There's passion fruit here, but it's in an elegant it's very, it's very fresh and very, very, uh, as you say, elegant and very uh, soft at the same time. Mm. Nicely nice balanced. Acidity. How much of this do you produce? We produce twenty thousand cases. Great yeah. finish. What, what do you know the retail price on this wine? Uh, should be about ten dollars. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, that could be the best ten dollars Sauvignon Blanc made in the world. You know, I, I don't want to be arrogant of what I want to say, but it's true. Uh, last year, there was an article at the Wall Street Journal where the Wall Street Journal writers and readers are not from the wine world. They found the best five Sauvignon Blancs in the world. One from New Zealand, one from Chile, Los Vascos, one from France, one from Australia, and one from South Africa, I think. But we were on the Chilean top for the Wall Street Journal. Beautiful one. 
Thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. What do we have next? Okay, we have um, we have our Grand Reserve line, which is eighty-five uh, percent Cabernet Sauvignon. Eighty-five percent Cabernet Sauvignon, and we have a little bit of Carmenere and Syrah. Mm, the rest. Syrah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it used to be hundred percent Cabernet Sauvignon. Now it's eighty-five, and this fifteen percent between Carmenere and Syrah gives a little more structure, more shoulders at the end. Before we taste the swine, yes. Um, what is the relationship with Chateau Lafitte like? Are they are they the overseers of Las Moscos, or do you operate uh, completely independently, no, no, no. or where 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 does that we marriage are, we work? We are we are as I said a Chilean operation grapes, Bordeaux grapes, Syrah also, uh, and we have a technical director from France that comes two or three times a year. He comes for the harvest. He comes during the, um, the spring to give the, to agree on what we're doing on the economy management, the yields, the pruning, things like that, and to talk about the investment we do. Uh, so finally, the blend in August normally, we just taste. We taste and we discuss this tank, why this area, which grapes. We know how many years it's planted, uh, sure. what's the yields, what's the soil. And we know, we pre-know this goes to reserve. No, it's, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's not eligible this year for reserve. So we have to the basic. Or the basic, the the, best, the, the, the classic wine, Cabernet Sauvignon, might be very good and put it into reserve. So we do this sort of discussion. But the rest, the farm is done with the local team with the main guidances, like we are trending to be zero uh, chemicals in the next three years. We have very low, almost nothing today. We're not organic, we're not certified organic, and we don't want to be. We just want to do it because we believe in it. Because you do it for what? For showing it? For a price? For a market? No, we do it because it's the way we do it. Right. You know, and you say, why mainly Cabernet Sauvignon? Because uh, we are on the long-term business. When I started working for the, for the family, uh, Baron Eric told me, Claudio, this project is not for me. It's for the children of my grandchildren. Wow. So this view is, uh, is not very common because you're waiting to get a penny next day. The family and, and the owners of Los Vascos, they don't live from this business. It's, uh, it's to enjoy. It's a long-term business. And we do it because it's a pleasure. We do it with love. We're not becoming richer or not. We're doing it because we love it. We love the property. The property is beautiful. We all feel identified. And as I said before, we all believe in the project. And that's very nice to work under those terms, you know. More than being, oh, I have to save this. We are very, I have a financial background, so everything is very clear. (laughs) We have never lost any penny. And we have a very strict budget. And we, we get stick to it. And uh, we're very happy. So we try, we try to do the right things the right way. The color on this wine, this Grand Reserve Cabernet 2015, is really pretty. Yeah. It, it leads to the, not that super dark, deep Cabernet that one might expect from California. Yeah. So let's give it a smell here. Mm. Get more to the red fruit family than the dark fruit family. Mm-hmm. Do you find a... Uh too much oak on it? Not too much. Um, there's some of that baking spice for sure. The oak is 
present said, but in balance it's it's well, an we, accent well, more we than do, the well, lead we do we did 60 percent of this wine is being barrels not all new one third new one third second use one third third use is because we normally want to give a touch of oak not oak yeah, because some it's too much very, uh, and right. we want to let the fruit speak by itself let the wine speak by itself again that red fruit is there it's more to the red than the dark. It's yes. not. It's not that blackberry. It's more black cherry and, and uh, cranberry mm-hmm. and yeah. those kind yeah. of flavors with a nice bit of like Dutch cocoa kind of yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Great texture. There's a there's a softness to the texture that one, one might think there's some merlot involved, but there's no merlot no, involved no, here. No, 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 no. But there's no. a nice softness yeah, to it yeah, that yeah, yeah. is and really it, nice. And it's um, I was saying it's it's, it's very balanced. And it doesn't, you know, the, you don't feel too much alcohol. The tannins are there. Uh, it, bother, it doesn't bother you. No, not, and, the and cans the fruit, are fine. I would say it's a good combination. But mainly fruit at the first attack is what really describes this wine, you know, to be fruity and to be a Grand Reserve level. is not, you know, very oaky, what we expect. Uh, it's there, but it's very well... Uh, and the fusion, you know. And the retail on this? It's about $20. And what's the last one we're going to taste okay, now? Okay, we're having our top of the line, which is called Le Dix. Le Dix means the 10 in English. It's from the French. And it's called Le Dix because it's what released uh, after the 10 years of the investment of the Rothschilds in Chile. The Rothschild from Lafitte. Because there is another family, our Cassis. They own Almaviva at Concha y Toro, mm-hmm. they are Mouton Rochild. Right. The cousins and neighbors. Right. <laughs> we have great relationship with him. So tell me and, about this one. And this wine is, uh, after 10 years, we decided to launch a project of old vines, 80 years old, average. And we did the, the French formula of 18 months in New York, which was risky, you know. Uh, we didn't know it was going to resist, and but uh, we learned from, from the plants. We cut the irrigation. We did many things just to have uh, the perfect grapes. This is the result of uh, a long-term work in Saoladis. It's 95%, 90, 90, 90, 95% depends on the year. This is uh, 15, I think. 14. 14, 14, yeah, 14. Yeah, maybe 90. Mm-hmm. And we have 5% Carminer, 5% Syrah okay. as well. Just a little touch to give, as I told you before, a little more structure at the end. Well, a little more serious in color, and it could be the vintage perhaps. A little, mm-hmm. yeah. little, little richer in color than than the Grand Reserve. Yeah, darker fruit too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Again, is, is, is that maybe a... Is that stylistic of the wine, or does that speak to the vintage, the, this sort of uh, richer... A little bit the, the vintage, because it was a very nice vintage 14. Although it was difficult, because we had a frost in the spring, we lost uh, some 20% of our production for the 2014. Oh, did you really? Yes, it was very tough, especially for the white areas in Chile. They lost a lot because of the frost uh, in, in spring. The accountant in you didn't like to hear that, did you? Huh? The accountant in you didn't like to hear that, no, did it? No, 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 no. But hmm. yeah, so darker it was, fruit. It was a very concentrated uh, vintage. So it's one and a half year in barrel, and then it's another two years in bottle. So it has a little evolution on it. Hmm. And uh, well, it's uh, for B14. Beautiful complexity. Mm-hmm. It's still, even though it's five years now, it still has time to to. 
to come together and mature. I mean, uh, this, you know how the potential to to lust. But I want food with this wine. The acidity and the tannin makes me want to eat. Yeah, I mean this wine. Uh, the red is uh, I see meat, definitely meat. But why not a greasy fish grill or at the oven mm-hmm. and put a little bit colder in temperature? Sure, sure. It goes very good. Wow. With cheese. Uh, I love this wine. We just enjoy it with cheese, you know, and drink it in cheese. But it goes very good with the, with the, with the meat and sauces and, and you know, lamb, um, pork. Really goes very well because it has the power. That will not cover the food, and the food won't cover it's the power. Uh, but there's there's a restrained elegance to so this yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really beautiful. Well, Claudio, thank you so much for your no, time. No, the wines you. are absolutely delicious. It was fabulous to hear the story of Los Vascos and your uh, your your French connections, and wonderful to hear your story as well. Thank you so much. No, thank you, and uh, I hope to come back to Chicago in better weather. I love the city. I really loved it. February in Chicago and, is not uh, fantastic. No, but uh, <laughs> I really love it, and, and thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. And welcome to come to Chile whenever you want. Thank you. I look forward to meeting you. All right. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Poor with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Poor with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Poor. This has been The Honest Poor with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 